Hi, this is Matthew Bellis with Good News, Bad News, and I hope you like your tables round because today I'm going to have a discussion with myself and this puppy. Hi. Thank you. Good. Good. Yes. You stink. I hope you enjoyed the puppy. Unfortunately, he had to go piddle. So we've got a couple of other people here that will actually fill in for him. So please welcome to the roundtable two members of people who we think are intelligent. And actually, you'll find out that they are. Number one <laughs> is our own Carrie Baldwin from LCI. Thank you for joining us here, Carrie. Thanks for having me. Now, you're not just with LCI. You also are a part of another organization. Why don't you tell us a little bit about them? Oh my gosh, I just got hired on as the Coalition's Director for Americans for Prosperity New Mexico, so. Wonderful. Yep. Well, that's good to hear that you are uh, looking out for people's prosperity. Uh, I'll be looking for the check in the mail. And we also <laughs> have our very own Henry Hazlitt Fellow and content creator. You may see him as Prax Ben, but his real name is Benjamin Williams. Thank you for uh, joining us, Ben. Thank you for having me. So you are a part of FEE right now, which stands for the Foundation of Economic Education, which sounds like a really long phrase. And basically, what do they do? So they do a lot of stuff. Um, for one, the main things I work on is content creation. Uh, we have a couple of different shows. A lot of people will be familiar with Common Sense Soapbox. Same mm -hmm. guy who does Freedom Tunes does that for us. Um, we have a, another recent show called Unindoctrination, which is more uh, female focused. And we have two uh, great ladies who do that, Maggie and Olivia. And I'll actually be on an episode of that coming up soon. We're going to be talking about history, about the uh, Holodomor. And we do stuff in schools. They have uh, We have resources for students and for teachers and just all sorts of other things. Uh, but she, of course, is the, uh, the oldest libertarian think tank in America, at least. Um, so we have a re really long history and uh, a lot of great things have been done through fee. So I've, I've been super excited working with them. Um, I've been with fee since the beginning of this year. So it's about four, four months now, but for, for a few months prior to that, I was a uh, Henry Hazlitt fellow. So they have a little uh, program where they bring on young people and train them in, in media and also mm -hmm. generally in libertarian philosophy. Wonderful. We love those good indoctrination camps. That's very helpful. So, uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, and actually, though, what I really enjoy about you, uh, Ben, is that you are bucking the current uh, system and uh, you are going gangbusters on TikTok. That's actually where I first saw you. Yeah, TikTok's a really great platform for reaching a lot of people. Um, unfortunately, a lot of leftists have realized that. A lot yeah. of Democrats have realized that, you know, a Biden himself has realized that. And, you know, lots of people on the right have not, um, you know, the GOP certainly doesn't focus on TikTok at all unless they're trying to ban it. Try to ban um, it. But li libertarians, for the most part, haven't really done much with it. Right. But then I got started with it. I was making TikToks about economics, about current politics, gun policies, all sorts of things. And it's just kind of took off. You know, and I, I it led me to learn more about politics because I wanted to, you know, know more so I could beat my opponents. Um, yeah, but it's been great. I've, I've reached over uh, 200,000 followers now, and that's how I was able to get my job uh, with Fee. And 
luckily there's a lot more libertarian creators on there now i know uh libertarian christian institute is on there or so i've heard. Uh, I haven't trying, followed you guys yet, unfortunately. Yes. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> well, thank you for being here and providing us the uh, Chinese communist ideals uh, from TikTok. So thanks again. So That's what I'm here for. <laughs> By the way, I think I see a flag back there that is a favorite of ours. Is that the uh, the appeal uh, appeal to heaven uh, tree? Yep. Yeah, yep. there we go. Oh, there, there you go, Carrie. There's a faction over there, too. Yeah, yeah. wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I've got well, all the reason, sorts of flags in here. The reason why I brought you guys on here as a roundtable is there are a number of things happening in the news today, and it's always good to get a perspective from libertarian ideas from a man and a woman. Yes, there is a binary, kids, and uh, we would love to hear from uh, from your background on these things. So first, let's go to a, a Fox News, I'm sorry, a CNN article where it talks about a new lawsuit that Fox News is uh, undergoing with a definite defamation battle with the owners of the Dominion uh, voting machines. Uh, and frankly, they're not very happy about it because it's still not stopping Trump's lies. So uh, this is a very interesting topic because this brings a lot of things together when it comes to Trumpism, when it comes to the election, when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, industry media outlets getting into a legal battle with uh, with other companies. So uh, so this really just kind of seems like a real quagmire for libertarians. Ben, what's your take on it, first of all? Uh, well, I have uh, generally I'm generally very skeptical about defamation. I'm not mm -hmm. sure how much I support actual defamation lawsuits um, as far as like libertarian principles go. Uh, I, I see arguments for and, and against them, but especially when it comes to uh, those who are more in the spotlight, whether it be celebrities or major companies, it's like, well, you know, people are going to say false things about you and going after everyone with defamation suits when you're already right. in the public spotlight just seems ridiculous to me you know well, i think it's that, very different when it's like a private citizen versus like a major corporation or a public figure but it's in the kind of same way as a uh if a company was making a claim that wasn't true that is just completely false information that they should be held liable for uh, those kinds of things yeah i see something like that more as a breach of contract so i think mm. that's definitely more clearly wrong in a in a libertarian ethic but yeah. with defamation, you know, it's it's very shaky grounds. You know, it gets it gets to uh, infringing on free speech really quickly. So that's one of the reasons I'm very skeptical of it. It's really kind of funny that we have this conversation happening between Fox News and Dominion voting machines. Yet for some reason, Carrie, they seem to bring your man Trump into it every single time. Why is that? My man. Wait a second here. <laughs> He ain't my man. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, well, I'm sure that they try to bring bring Trump into it every single chance they get because they don't, you know, that that's an opportunity for a punching bag, right? And sure. Trump, Trump is the political punching bag. But I think what's interesting actually about the whole Dominion thing is, is they basically have a monopoly on voting systems in America. And right. while I'm with Ben on defamation suits and, and that sort of thing, 
um, you you have an, an interesting dy dynamic here because you have a private mm -hmm. organization that has monopolized by way of you know government contract uh, right. voting systems, and so what is what is the recourse if we think that those voting systems aren't functioning as they should be? Um, we we can't like you know go to company B voting systems uh, in order right. to to correct that. So there's no market solution here. Um, so at any rate, it, it it creates an interesting dynamic, I think, because there's a question, uh, we can call it legitimate or not, but there's at least a question among many Americans about the, um, the efficacy and the validity of the Dominion voting machines, and there should be recourse for that. It's interesting because I know CNN and other media outlets are making Dominion voting machines out to be this just small guy who, you know, is just limited in their scope and what they do. And they really aren't that big anyway, yet somehow this big, bad media corporation and Rupert Murdoch are coming after these people when really that just seems to be kind of a, a false flag on the story. Yeah, well... I'm not sure why a news organization is is uh, is doing this, but um, at any rate, you know, I I think it's well, I think it's interesting that you have this you have this suit out there. Um, claims have been made, obviously, about the uh, efficacy of these voting machines, whether or not you can, um, you know, make fraudulent votes out of them and that sort of thing. And there's, sure. you know. You, you have one news organization who's saying something about it, but, you know, what what else do you do? Ben, do you trust our voting system as it stands right now to truly represent uh, your will and your desires within the next election? That's the easiest no ever. <laughs> um, right. No, no. That's definitely not going to represent my desires. Um, that's why sure. I, I genuinely don't even vote, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I, I say to people all the time, I think... Um, well, lots of different libertarian theorists have noted this, but I think specifically it was Mises. And it's something mm -hmm. I say a lot. Uh, actually being a consumer and going out and buying stuff is way more uh, democratic and representative of your right. will than voting is. Because yeah. like, I can go out and vote in any given election and make literally no difference in it. It's so funny. I was actually just thinking to myself as I was driving the other day, I thought, I wonder if there's a way that we can actually use our monetary system to gauge whether or not people are actually buying what they would get from the government. And I think that our current system just uh, is so lax in what is actually able to show what people want. Uh, and it just becomes an issue of popularity. Uh, and it really doesn't help in any kind of governance at all. Yeah, as far as like public goods go, it, it's just so distorted. Yeah. Um, like Mises talked about this too, you know, it's hindered markets and, and they still have to function using market mechanisms, but mm -hmm. you don't really get an accurate representation of how much any given person would want to consume something. You know, you can't say, oh, well, I want less coverage from the police because now I have a bunch of guns or I, I added more security. I added uh, you know, cameras at my house and all sorts of other things. I got different types of insurance. You know, you can't say stuff like that. Right. It's just you have to pay a fixed price, not even fixed sometimes. Sometimes they're just going to raise it on you without your without your uh, opinion, without asking you. Uh, but yeah, like you, it's it's not run how it should be to where you can actually decide what you want. It's all just yeah. imposed upon you. 
Carrie, would you be happy if you purchased a red Ford Taurus and in the middle of the night I switched it out for a blue Chevy with an F curve? <laughs> no? Well, I probably wouldn't buy the Ford to begin with, but... What? <laughs> it's American made, man. Oh, well, man. I, it, it seems that neither of you trust our current election system, and it seems that no. uh, Fox and uh, Dominion will be battling it out, although I just heard that the judge pulled the case and didn't give a reason why, so I'm sure it's much ado about nothing at this point, uh, but for some reason, CNN keeps pushing uh, that these are uh, Trump issues and, you and know, uh, not voting I, issues. I Go just ahead, have, to, I have to say, this is so ironic because the whole uh, electronic voting fraud thing has been around since the Bush Gore, the the second, the second Bush election. Oh, right. Uh, yes. Um, it's been around for a while, and there was a documentary done uh, called um, "Hacking Democracy," mm, and yeah. it won an award from CNN. Right. Uh, um, and so it's just, it's interesting to see that CNN now is <laughs> is completely. Completely done it's a 180. It's voting fraud it's, when it's their guy, but it's right. completely yeah. legitimate and fine. And uh, and by the yeah. way, it's the same. It's the same mechanisms, the same mechanism right. of, of fraud as revealed in that in that documentary. So it's like this isn't anything new. And CNN is pretending like it doesn't exist. It's ben, ridiculous. you're a younger guy. Are you familiar with the hanging chads? With the what? Hanging chads. <laughs> the hanging chads. I'm not sure about that one. Oh my oh, god. Man. Oh. <laughs> Uh, all right yeah chad means something very different to my generation yeah i know and 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 to uh carrie and i in college we're like what's a hanging chad then we found out we're like well that's stupid anyway we'll have to tell you about it later on all right well well uh, as that story goes uh it's still developing and we'll see what uh, what comes of it uh but frankly we've also had some kind of a really ongoing drama Happening, happening in Tennessee. It first started with the shooting that happened at the Christian school in Nashville, uh, where six people, three of them being children, uh, were shot dead by a trans activist who really was going after the school and had a whole manifesto uh, speaking as such. Uh, that morphed into a lot of trans rights uh, uh, issues uh, within Tennessee. Then it became a couple of lawmakers uh, carrying bullhorns in the state house, uh, and then it became a whole issue of uh, oh gosh, what was the uh, the whole thing? Uh, oh, oh, and now they're being reinstated, and just I mean, it's back and forth and all kinds of other stuff. Carrie, have you followed this story uh, to this point? Man, I gotta say that um, I I wasn't even aware of this expulsion. Uh, what's his name? Justin Pearson. Justin Pearson and there's a couple of other lawmakers in the the Tennessee State House uh, that Quiet. were uh, pushed out because of of activities that they you know while there was a a procedure going on on the floor uh, yeah. they held a, a demanding protest with bullhorns and they were kicked out and all of a sudden they're the victims because oh, yeah they, yeah anyhow well I I saw yeah I did see that and I I have to say. It's the first time I think I've ever seen the left side with the shooter in yeah. these school shootings. And yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm shocked and dismayed. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's really, it's really absurd. I'm, I'm, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised that the left was able to turn the tables on that whole narrative, but um, you know, if, 
if anybody really wants to know the motives of the left when it comes to gun policy and and uh, school shootings and things like right. that, it's not about the kids. Right. Um, and yeah. that's, I think, made plain as day with that story. Yeah, there's even other school shootings that they still bring about uh, to try and elicit a lot of tears and action from a public. But, but Ben, you even uh, saw it yourself in this whole uh, issue when it comes to uh, this church down in Tennessee. Um, th- just seems to be a complete reversal of what we would normally see from the media. Yeah, I, I actually live in Tennessee, so this whole situation has been pretty close to me. And where in Tennessee you know, are you? Those, uh, Knoxville. You're in Knoxville. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When those uh, those members of the um, of the house got up and, and started saying, you know, they wanted to ban AR-15s, it really inspired me. So actually, oh, I went out today and I got a new AR-15. Oh, hey, look at that! A brand new, <laughs> in honor of of Jones. This is my my brand new AR-15. I got a custom. It, 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 it's, it's a normal amazing. rifle with a different kind of handle, isn't it? This 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 rifle will actually blow a deer to bits. Or so I've heard from from certain members of our government, the deer won't exist anymore. That's why they're banned. From, you're you're banned from hunting with these things because like that it just blows into bits. Now that's got like a sixty mag clip and it's fully uh, automatic with a chainsaw grip. Is that right? It does have a chainsaw grip. Yes, that's, yeah. that's entirely correct. Right, where you stabby stabby and it's you know just terrible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 100%. Blood everywhere. I, I would actually like to uh, to commend you on buying a perfectly normal rifle that's just not made of wood at this point. So. It, it looks scary. It looks. It looks scary, scary and that's why you should. Bet. That's why I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, though. I mean, like Carrie said, that the the reversal of victimhood really changed so quickly, and yeah. then you had these lawmakers in Tennessee who just cried foul uh, because they did something that was, I think, somewhat reprehensible in a, in a society uh, that, you know, you have rules, you have laws, please abide by them. And if you're standing up in the middle uh, of, a, uh, of a procedure and you start to protest, yeah, you're going to get kicked out. Mm-hmm. But how in the world did these guys become victims, Ben? Well, I think there's definitely a lot of regular people out there on, on the left, you know, Democrats who... They, they, they genuinely believe the stupid stuff. But when it comes to some of these people in the government, you have to realize all of the resources they have at their disposal. They have research teams. You know, yeah. They have all the everything at their disposal. These people know that the assault weapons ban was a failure. They know it. Our own government said it. The National Institute of Justice said it. Yeah. It's been proven over and over and over again. They right. know it's a failure. The right. only reason that they push these policies is because they know it's a failure. Because right. it's easy to manipulate the average person, the stupid people who just believe, oh, it's a scary gun. And you can say, oh, so we have to implement this law. And right. then they know that the people on the other side are going to see this was a failure. We can't we, we shouldn't put in this law. There's no reason to put in this law. And then they can point to them and say, look at what those guys are doing. They want your kids to die because they won't let us put in this law that totally definitely works. And also AR-15s blow apart deer. Right. It's, it's all just a political game. Well, Carrie, I'm, I'm really kind of amazed by the gun control uh, uh, issue in total, because 
while Americans have been able to pretty much secure their Second Amendment rights and own and keep uh, their firearms, it seems that the narrative just keeps getting dominated by one side, and the other side doesn't really get a whole lot of say in this whole uh, issue. Well, of course not. The media is dominated by, uh, you know, leftist propaganda machine that just parrots whatever whatever the administration tells them to to parrot. Yeah. Um, so of course that, you know, that whole conversation is not being heard intentionally. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, I think, um, you know, I think that there's enough, um, individual Americans who are starting to see that they're starting mm -hmm. to see, oh, wait a second, how on earth, like, the the average person is absolutely horrified when they find when they hear about a school shooting and right. you yeah. have people who are even pro second amendment who are who are saying things like okay we've got to do something about this but when you go and flip the narrative and make the shooter out to be a victim mm. they've i i think they've they've seriously shot themselves in the foot thank god yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> I like the pun. Keep the pun. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, it's it it just it doesn't uh, it it's frustrating because you can you can very clearly see that they are that the left is exploiting the lives of children mm. for for a number of policies, not just you know the school shooting uh, angle on that. But even the transgender angle on that, you know, it was, right. oh, this was a former student. I mean, she, the, this, uh, the student was, was 28 years old. So former is like long, long time ago, but at least 10 that's years how they, or so. yeah. yeah, they, they painted her as being a, a former student of this school and she was a victim of this school. And it's like, okay, right. are you really suggesting that people with mental health problems should go use violence with a, you know, with firearms against the people that, you know, contributed to, to their mental health issues. Oh, wait a second. I thought we had red flag laws trying to be passed so that we can get firearms. Where's Marco Rubio when you need him? Yeah. yeah it's like yeah. none of that. They're, they're, it feels like their narrative is falling apart. I mm. hope. Um, Let's hope. Yeah. But yeah, flipping, just flipping it and making the shooter out to be the victim yeah i mean it, it's yeah. disgusting this christian school was attached to a uh, a great uh, pca church down there in uh, in nashville uh and it just seems that no matter what happens uh within this whole um you know i hate to even paint it this way but it's being painted for us uh, where it's kind of transracial ideologies versus Christians. Uh, mm -hmm. And and definitely the culture at large has definitely picked a side. What does that say to either of you who want to take this question, though? What does that say for the modern church? Well, you know, I think the modern church, American Christians are going to have to finally come to grips with some questions about what real persecution is. Mm. Um, you know, we've had for, for decades, we've had the evangelical right crying foul over persecution, which isn't real persecution. Mm. Uh, um, but, you know, I think that the, the rhetoric against Christians is amping up 
Um, I think there's no question about that. But at yeah. the same time, that doesn't mean, uh, oh, well, we should amp up, you know, our political rhetoric and start pushing for things like Christian nationalism and and so forth, which is something that that many uh, Christians on the right are considering. And that mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. Well, Ben, you want to put the boot on everybody uh, and make sure that uh, everyone follows your rules. What should we do as a church? What should we do as a church? That's a very, that's a very broad question. Um, like as the res- church universal, no, but honestly in this culture, like I uh, uh, gave to Carrie, you know, we definitely have some clearly drawn lines. What, I mean, what do we as Christians in the church do to push against that? Well, I think, I think like in, in, in groups I'm a part of, whether it be libertarians or Christians, mm-hmm. you have to really be prepared for anything. And you have to, like, you, you really need to build yourself up to a strong position. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, making, make sure that you're living your life in a way where you're financially stable, mm-hmm. where you're in good physical shape where you, you you know about things you know about like everything really like you know, you, know you know how to be able to start to, fires outrun a mob want to go back to yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> you know how to how to survive you know how to you know make food you know how to like do everything you should know stuff and you should know what's going on around you like largely the problem with with the world is the good people have just kind of wanted to sit back and do nothing and know nothing mm-hmm. yeah. and, and not actually improve things like first it starts with improving yourself yeah and you know showing people that you know how to live your life right you can't possibly convince people Hmm. that that you're correct when you know you act like a a a slimy grease ball that's obese and doesn't do anything (laughs) to help anyone right like you you gotta you gotta present so you're making this very personal way. like get, get, yes get out of your basement stop being a yes. slimy grease ball learn how 100%. to run and make a fire from scratch uh and uh yeah and be able to take care of yourself and people from the land right yes fundamentally yeah. you need people to take you serious not only take you seriously yeah. but take you seriously as a genuine person or as a group as a genuine group well right? i mean going out and 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 screaming at people and whatever mm-hmm. i do it on your own time i don't know or, or just just change what you call yourself don't call yourself anything that relates to me all right well i mean be a, normal, we even had, be a, be a good person you know? we, we, we have had uh, even jordan peterson say things to the extent of you know you need to be a dangerous person people take you seriously when you're a dangerous person but you need to be able to have that uh meekness to control yourself and not as if we're going to take everything jordan peterson has, says as gospel but it seems like carrie you got something to say about that well yeah his point is is to you know be prepared Right. If and and this is this is a fairly simple concept. You're prepared to defend yourself in some way. Now, maybe that's defending yourself by, you know, having your own garden or teaching, you know, homeschooling your kids or, Mm -hmm. you know, doing something on a local level. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, arming yourself to the teeth, although that might be involved as well. Um, But his point is you should be prepared for it. So yeah. that if it happens, you're, you're, you know, you're not going to get walked all over his other, his other point with that though, is, um, that you can't claim to be virtuous in any sort of way if you don't have a capacity for, 
you know, for evil, which is an interesting way of thinking about it. I think, Um, you know, if, if you don't have a capacity to, uh, to be violent against a person, then how can you say that you're virtuous if you're not violent because you don't have that capacity? Mm. Uh, Um, so that that's, there's no actual self-control is what he's saying. If you don't have the capacity for, for being dangerous, then there's no element of self-control. You can't really claim to be virtuous. That's his whole point. Well, we at um, least know Ben has good uh, uh, trigger skills because uh, he's still here with us. That's so good. He didn't shoot himself up. Good job. Yeah. Ben. Or in the foot. Or the foot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for uh, for contributing to uh, what we had here today. I'm, again, there's a lot of things that we could talk about here today, but I wanted to get at least a uh, a taste of what we do here on the round table. And I very much appreciate you guys uh, joining me here for that. So Carrie Baldwin and uh, Ben Williams, thank you for so much for uh, joining me here on good news, bad news. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'll see you later. Thanks for joining us for Good News, Bad News. This was a wonderful roundtable, and let us know if you liked it in the comments below. Make sure to click like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. And remember, Jesus is king, Caesar is not. That's the good, that's the bad, that's the news.